God is calling us. He's speaking. And all we have to do is listen and say yes. I want to say yes. Every moment, every whisper of the Spirit's voice, say yes. No matter the cost, because if it costs something here, big, fat, hairy deal. Because what's coming, what's coming is so much greater. And praying these last couple of weeks for the Miller family, and I want to thank you for your prayers. There's no sadness right now because Danny is running on the streets of gold. Come on. Hallelujah. We sorrow, but we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. We have a hope. We're going to be reunited again. We're going to be with Jesus forever. And there is no sadness there. There's no tears. There's no sickness. There's no disease. Absolute, complete health and wholeness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to pray for them as they process through what's next in their lives. What a week of fasting and prayer we've had. Come on. God has done some miraculous things among us. I'm hearing testimonies of the miracles that took place this week because we set aside some time to give God the first fruits of our lives in this year. Because we got serious and got down to business with God. Something happens in us. When we take the time to say, God, I'm just going to redirect my source and realize that you are the source of all things. And I give myself to you. We, we, had, we had right around 100 people here for prayer on Friday night. What a powerful time we had here. Woo. It was amazing. Ah, the milestone. Someone has said, if you never look back, you won't know what you've accomplished. You remember photo albums? Anybody still have any photo albums? Oh, yeah. I mean, old family pictures, wedding pictures, baby pics, vacation pics, and you, you look back, you say, wow, look Look at how far we've come. Look how we've changed. I mean, just the other day, I, I pulled some out. We have three that I can find. There's others down in the basement hidden somewhere under Isaiah's stuff. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to get him out of our house. <laughs> London, my granddaughter, she comes to me all the time and says, Doogie, my name's Coogie. That's what the grandkids have called me. But she calls me Doogie. I'll take anything she says. I love it. She said, Doogie, can I have your phone so I can look at the pictures of when me and Zion was babies? And, and I give it to her every time, and she just flips through. 
Hey, remember this? Remember, look, look how, and yeah, you, you always want to look back and see where you've come from. And as we look back, we, we see where we've come from and how far we've come, and we're able to recognize the milestones, the benchmark moments that have made such a difference in our lives. Christy and I have a, a photo album that some of our young people gave us from Trinidad when we were there 33 years ago or so. Yeah. And I opened it up this week. And I'm like, wow, we were young. We were skinny. We were so young and immature and thought we knew everything and really didn't know a whole lot. And those days had some great moments in them, but they were also some of the toughest days we ever lived as a family. And our family then was just Christy and I. And I looked back and I saw some of the faces of people that we made an impact on and some of the faces of people that made an impact on us. Good and bad, both brought something to our lives. And sometimes we look back at the most difficult times and, and, and there are times when we look back and say it's too painful to remember. But if you can go back and use that moment as a milestone and say, that's where I've been, but praise God, that's not where I'm at today. That's where I was, but God has brought me so far, and I look back and say, wow, can you imagine what God has done in my life? It's a milestone. How much transformation has taken place? As we reflect on the milestones that have, have, have all shaped us, and, and we see something, we're able to see what we've never noticed before, we reflect. And that, that word reflection comes from a Latin word which means to bend back. And a mirror does precisely this. It bends back the light, making visible what is apparent to others, but a mystery to us. Namely, what we look like. When we bend back and reflect, we have a chance at clarity. We get to see ourselves with the benefit of hindsight. And I'm going to ask you today just to take a moment and reflect on your own journey. Maybe even just this past year. What milestones have occurred in your life? The birth of a new little one? The loss of a loved one? I've had several losses this past year, and I got to tell you, heaven is dear because of them. Amen. Amen. The loss of a job, or a new job, or a new location. Ask yourself, what have I learned this past year? What was hard? What was good? Am I heading in the direction I want to be headed? Or has something gotten me off track? 
Am I closer to God or am I further away? And why? Who am I becoming? And is that a good thing? Am I growing? Going backwards? Or simply maintaining? What experiences or relationships have shaped me this past year? Has God been faithful? And if we'll just take a moment and pause to, to even thank the Lord for the milestone markers. Fill up your mana jar. Get a miracle mana jar. Put some things in it that represent what God has done. Find a scripture verse that encapsulates what has happened to you this past year. Write it down. Put it somewhere where you see it daily. Put a rock of remembrance somewhere significant as a reminder of the milestones. In 1 Samuel 7, the scripture says, Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana. And he named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And if he's helped us up to this point, he's going to help us from this point on. Hallelujah. High five your neighbor and tell him he's going to help you in 2016. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Every time they passed that rock, they remembered what God had done. A stone of remembrance. A rock of remembrance. And every time they passed that way, their, the mind was triggered. Oh, yeah. God has been faithful. Christy has placed a rock in our house. It's right by the television. Every time we look at it, we remember God's been faithful. God has been faithful to us. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Mm. And I look back and see how far God has brought us here at the power place. And I realize if he's helped us this far, what must the future hold? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Power Place was established in 2004, April, on Easter. We were a church plant. And I got to tell you, there have been many milestones since then. We've moved a few times and landed here in this business park for this season. And up to this point, the Lord has helped us. We started out in the red clay room, off the beaten track, the firehouse in Kennett Square. And it was a, a big beginning. <laughs> we planned for about between 250 and 400 people. We were excited. That opening day, I think we had 62 show up. Some of you were there. 
If you were there that day, just raise your hand. Dinks was there. Tori was there. Derek was there. I can't see back here who that is. Grandizios were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allie was there. She had to be. I was her ride. We lasted there for a while, and we ran out of rent money. Costs were so high, and, and we had such a few amount of people who were giving. And we began to pray and say, God, what, what's next? We don't know what to do. And the, the man that, that cleaned the red clay room for us every week, opened up, let us in, locked it up. He came to me and he said, you know, you, you all are special. Been with him for a few weeks, and he, he said, I, I've been talking to the owners, and if it'd be okay, we'd like to cut your rent in half. I said, let me pray about that. <laughs> that would be just fine with us. And, and miracle after miracle began to take place. We moved from the Red Clay Room to the American Legion building, to the basement of the American Legion building. When we first came to town, we had contacted the American Legion and said, would it be possible for us to rent your place for church? They said, absolutely not. I said, great. We'll keep looking. That's when we landed in the red clay room. And then one of our team members, Nick Palomo, began to work for the CPA that was a part of the American Legion. And they asked us, to come and be a part of the American Legion as the power place. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Come on. We, uh, we had to outfit the building. We had to totally renovate it, gut it, put in carpet. We had no money. And some of us men went to the Honor Bound Conference that year in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, and they called me out of the audience and said, we're going to take an offering for your church. I didn't know, but God did. And they took th those men who didn't even know us. I mean, we had just been around for a few months. Those men gave over $7,000, and we were able to carpet, paint, renovate, that American Legion building so we could have church. Come on. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Then after a while, Christian and I embarked on a tour of the Pennsylvania-Delaware District Ministries affiliation that we're a part of at the Assemblies of God. And we raised $50,000 to help us outfit this place. And then some of you came alongside of us and said, we want to be a part of this too. We're realizing God's up to something here. And so we invested and, and we began to renovate and, and make this place not just a warehouse, but a house of God. A house where people's lives could be completely transformed by the power of Jesus. And this was a space that when we came to the landlord, I, Chris and I walked in here the first time because 
our realtor showed us this space because he said, this is what could happen somewhere else. We walked in and I said to Christy, this is our place. She looked at me and she goes, you're right. And the landlord said, absolutely not. We're not putting a church in our warehouse. And so we began to pray. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Finally, he said yes, and we began to negotiate, and, and uh, God has done some amazing things. This place was not what it is today. And I said to Richie Reinheimer, Rich, you think you could take on this remodel project? He said, as long as I can bring my friend Anthony in. I said, I don't know Anthony, but I know you, and I know God's going to use you. And they got a team together, and this place, we started putting up walls, and, and I, if I start naming names, I'll be in trouble. But even, even from the beginning, uh, Matt Doughton allowed us to use his, his uh, construction company account and get his price for materials and and and. And uh, Richie and Anthony and, and Bob and, and <laughs> Blaine Payton and Sean Kuhn and, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. And Harry and uh, Eric Ward. I'm just, just, God began to, to put together a team of people that absolutely took us to another level. I mean, People that I didn't even know they had skills. <laughs> I'm clueless about this stuff. I mean, they're looking at me going, hey, can you pick me up a seven and a half and, and three and eight? I'm like, yeah, what does that look like? I don't know. And God did some amazing things in that short amount of time to be able to get us to where we needed to be to kick off. And um, just this week, I mean, you, you haven't seen it yet, but there's a new nursery that we're working on. And um, Jeff Peck's been working with electric all this, this week. What a blessing. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, Matt Doughton and Mark Doughton, and Bob Wilkinson, Mike Devano, and uh, Buck Showalter, those guys knocked out that room in one day, okay? So we got a new nursery coming for the six-year-olds, five and six-year-olds, right? I knew that. Because y'all keep having babies, and they grow up, and we love that. We started out with just, just a dream and a few people behind us praying, believing, and giving, sacrificing. And here we are almost 12 years later saying, 
Look what the Lord has done. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. He also said, there's no gain without struggle. And I got to tell you, we've had our share of struggles. But up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And he's brought you alongside of us today. And here we are almost 12 years later. There were days when we didn't think we could make it, but the Lord's been faithful. Martin Luther King said, only in the darkness can you see the stars. We've had our, our share of dark times, and yet we've seen the Lord clearly guide us through it all. He's also placed us, every one of us, in the darkness to shine brightly so that others can come to his light. Amen? Amen. I mean, you got to look at how many lives have been impacted through the years, and we know this is not an accurate count, but at least over 1,200 people have committed their lives to Jesus so far through the power place in this ministry. I would say that's a very conservative number because in the, in the early years, we didn't keep track that well. And you got to look, look at the investment that has been made worldwide through our missions giving and going. Over a half a million dollars has been invested in missions. I have a, a dream and a desire to see a million dollars a year given to missions. That, that's in my heart. I want to see that happen through the power place here. Amen. Amen. I, I want... Through and, and I hope you did as well. And if you didn't get a chance to read the, uh, they look like Facebook posts, okay? The milestone markers. What? Instagram, that's what they look like. I don't have one of those. Someday I may start tweeting. <laughs> and I wept as I read the stories Amanda Poliski Todd Pulowski the Ward brothers and how God has done some amazing things and, and that's, that's a, a small sampling of, of people's lives who have been totally impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ through this place we baptized 176 people in water. Scores of people have been healed, experienced miracles. Marriages have been restored. Families have been put back together again. Lives have gotten on track. And up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Now, I, I'd just love to see maybe, maybe God has touched your life through the ministry of the power place in a significant way. I want you to stand to your feet if that's true. Because I want to see this. God has touched you in a powerful way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. You're worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for lives touched, changed, 
Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. You may be seated. In 2015, the Power Place officially launched out on our own as a sovereign church. It was a snowy, icy Sunday of February 22nd, 2015. We added about a little over 100 uh, members, and we became our own entity. It was an exciting day. We began to figure out who we were as a church, our DNA as a family. We've been thriving ever since. Our love movement outreach team has grown by leaps and bounds. God has given us a heart for our community like never before. Our outreaches have become more strategic and laser focused. The volunteer force here at the Power Place is amazing. Let's hear it for our volunteers today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Martin Luther King said everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Amen. Amen. And we're always looking for more servers, more volunteers, more hearts full of grace. If you're interested, I want you to see Isaiah today. Isaiah, stand up. You want to serve and get a part of this? Don't miss out. Go to him and say, I'm in. Sign me up. This year alone, we've seen over 170 people give their hearts to Jesus through the ministry through the power place. A renewed fire and passion for the lost has been stoked in us, and every ministry has moved to another level with the right people in the right seats on the bus. God is putting together a team of people to reach this region with his power and love. Captives no more in 2016. There's an excitement and anticipation of everything that God has wanted to do in our area. People who have sat on the sidelines for so long are jumping into the game. and That's what it's all about. Because we need each other. We can do so much more together than separately. At the Calgary Stampede, a horse show spectacular, they demonstrate the power of partnership. Two horses pull weight one at a time. One pulls 9,000 pounds, the other pulls 8,000 pounds. However, when harnessed together, they pull not 17,000 pounds like you'd think, but they pull over 30,000 pounds. Together, we can accomplish so much more. We need each other. I watched those guys work in that room yesterday, put on that roof and, and bring in the seat. I'm thinking one guy, it would take him forever. Two guys, a lot less time. But man, you put these four guys, these five guys together, what a team. And then they let me sweep up all the mess. Every job's important. That's right. Come on. Every toilet needs to be clean. Every job is important. Everything in the backs of your chairs. What if, what if the right thing's not there? It's not like you're going to lose your life over it, but it's important, right? We need each other. Don't just talk the talk. Someone has said, your walk talks and your talk talks. 
but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. <laughs> Time to do something. Time to do something you've never done before so you can have what you've never had before. Get involved on some level. Watch your life and the lives of others be transformed. This year, our homegrown groups have started. They're flourishing. They're creating community, reaching our neighborhoods with the good news. We introduced life journals. So many are being transformed by the daily infusion of God's word. If you, if you need a life journal, they're available right out here at the info booth, five bucks. If you got a life journal, you didn't get the insert that gives you the scripture reading for every day, stop by and pick one of those up. We've got a bunch of those. If you missed that, some have, stop by and get that. Listen, the Lord spoke to us in 2015. We listened. It's time to up our game. Stakes are too high. Too many lost and dying. Too many on the precipice of disaster. God's calling us. Not just us. Those who are behind us. Judges chapter 2. After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him. And those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated at Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. And then verse 10. Probably one of the saddest verses in the Bible. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. I mean... You look at what happened in Joshua's day. The miracles that God did for them and through them. The land that was taken. The cities that were absolutely encompassed by God's people. And then somebody forgot to pass it on. Somebody forgot what that stone of remembrance was about. And another generation rose up who didn't acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done. Verse 11 says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them. They angered the Lord. And it would be so easy to just do our thing and forget about who is coming behind us. But God says, no, you got to pass this on from generation to generation. Everyone behind you needs to know what God has done. They need to remember so that they don't forget and not acknowledge God. So he calls us to pass on the faith. He calls us. He speaks clearly to us, and we must listen. 
And the end result of not acknowledging the Lord or remembering what he's done is very tragic. I mean, it's very tragic. They went after other gods, the gods of the people around them. Can I tell you, there's a lot of gods of the people around us. It's not the one true God. And God is calling us to pass that on. Sometimes we, we allow fear to govern us. What if? I'm afraid. We, we forget God's faithfulness. When, when John Henry Falk was a, a small boy in South Austin, he and one of his friends, Boots Cooper, were playing sheriffs. When at the request of John Henry's mom, these fearless lawmen were entrusted to root out a chicken snake that was causing trouble in the hen house. Now, when you're a small person, the size differential between you and a chicken is much smaller. Just going into the hen house to get some eggs is a scary thing. Because chickens, they have beaks that peck those reptilian grasping feet with claws and mean little beady eyes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they, they look like hired assassins, right? They're ready to get you. So, so John Henry and his little friend were already a little apprehensive as they went to the hen house where there were strange smells, lots of shadows, and they moved slowly and cautiously toward the nesting hens where the eggs would be and, and where they'd most likely find a chicken snake. Lo and behold, as they drew near to one of the roosts, hearts pounding, already full of fear, they did see a snake coiled there big as a python, they thought. And then it reared up and looked at them and they just about jumped out of their skins. They ran. Oh, yes. These bold sheriffs ran. In their panicked flight, they ran right into the side of the hen house. <laughs> Bang! And, and then they tumbled out through the door and into the chicken yard. Ouch! And then finally, banged up and covered with dust, they fled back into the house. John Henry and Boots went running into his house, the screen door banging behind them, to the great bemusement of John Henry's mother. Mrs. Falk just looked at them, winded, panicked, bruised, battered from, from collisions and falls, shook her head and laughed. Boys, she said, that there was just a little old chicken snake. It couldn't possibly hurt you. Yes, um, Boots Cooper told her. Maybe so. There's some things will scare you so bad you hurt yourself. <laughs> and isn't it true that if we live a life of fear instead of faith, we'll actually hurt ourselves in the process. We'll make decisions that come from a place of fear instead of from a place where our Heavenly Father dwells and sees all things. He knows what we can't know. And He has huge plans milestones for you this year. Luke chapter 5 gives us a story. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God, and he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. He understood a few things about dynamics and about acoustics. So as he saw, sat on the water, the, the volume was able to... You hear what I'm saying, right? Yeah. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now go out where it's deeper 
and let down your nets to catch some fish. There's an old song we used to sing out of the hymn book. Launch out into the deep, oh, let the shoreline go. Launch out, launch out in the oceans of love, out where the sometimes go. I can't remember it all, but I do remember. And sometimes as a kid, you know, you sing things, you don't know where it came from, but it came right out of the scripture. Jesus said, go out, go out where it's deeper. Can I just say, maybe God is speaking to you today, saying, go out a little deeper than it's comfortable. Go out beyond where you've been before and go catch some fish. And then here comes the pushback. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing. But this is the part I love. But if you say so. <laughs> we gave it our best shot all night long. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we're going for it. I'll let the nets down again. And this time, and this time, their nets were so full of fish they began to tear Come on. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and, e and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. That's some kind of catch, my friend. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. He was awestruck by the number of fish they'd caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be what? Don't be afraid. Because that's kind of our default, isn't it? We jump into fear mode. What if? I don't know. I, this is beyond. I can't. I can't. I can't. And God goes, I know you can't, but I can through you. I know you don't have the ability, but I have the ability to flow through you. That anointing that breaks the yoke, that anointing that grows you bigger than you've ever been before. So don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And that, my friends, is our response. It needs to be our response today. Lord, whatever you say, I'm in. I'm looking back at the milestones of where I've been, and how far you've brought me, and yet, Lord, I know there are greater milestones ahead. Because Jesus said, from now on, you're going to be fishing for people. We're not going after just the fish here. We're going after people who have an eternal soul. Hallelujah. Today, if you look back, some of the milestones in your life, you'll see where you overcame fear by taking a step of faith, by following Jesus and his commands. His commands always bring success even though you may be afraid.
Go out where it's deeper. Listen to him. Do what he says. What does the Lord have for you in 2016? What is coming? We don't know. But I do have his voice in my ear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. I'm with you. And if I call you, I will give you everything you need. Hallelujah. Don't hurt yourself for fear. Ask yourself, how far have I come? What have I learned this past year? Am I heading in the direction I want to be headed? Or has something gotten me off track? Am I closer to God? Or am I farther away? And why? Who am I becoming? Is that a good thing? Am I growing? Going backwards? Or simply maintaining? I need to leave everything I'm clinging to and follow Jesus. Martin Luther King says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. Whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. I love watching Anchor. He's learning to crawl. He's an army crawler. It's down like this. He doesn't use his hands. He uses his elbows. He just he scoots along fast. He, he's learning. We got him this little walker thing that he can sit in and, and learn to use his leg muscles. But right now, he only goes backwards. And he'll back himself up into the corner and he won't be able to go anywhere. Like, come on, Anchor, come on. Listen, whatever you do, you got to move forward. Don't get stuck in this backward motion. Why don't we take a moment this morning and just thank the Lord for the milestone markers. Fill up your mana jar. Find a scripture verse that, that says what, what's happened to you this year. Post it somewhere where you see it constantly. Put a rock of remembrance somewhere where you see it and say, up to this point, the Lord's helped us. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. And if he's helped us up to this point, we are guaranteed he's going to help us from this point on. Does 2016 hold? I don't know. You don't know. It's unknown to us. But it's not unknown to him. And he's calling us to boldly go. And I haven't seen that movie yet. He's calling us to boldly go where maybe no one has ever gone before. Knowing that up to this point, Lord has helped us. I wonder if today, January 17th, 2016, could possibly be your milestone moment. What if this was the day you said yes to Jesus and everything changed? Everything changed. 
asking God for that today. That there would be those in this room who would say yes to Jesus because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And that's a milestone moment. That's a moment when everything changes and you put your name from the, the book of death to the book of life. The Lamb's book of life. And he writes your name in there and your future is sealed in heaven. your eyes for a moment. Give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. Because I have a dream. I do have a dream. I dream for the day that individual lives are so transformed by the power of Jesus Christ that, that our entire society changes. It's happened in many revivals in the past where bars have shut down, where where strip joints of clothes and, and everything changes and I believe God is doing a transforming work even right now as we speak and all you have to do is say yes to him and I'm going to look across this crowd just for a moment and if you want today to be your milestone moment you say yes to Jesus. Some of you have never done that before and you need to do it today. You need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. He's going to transform you. You're going to look back on January 17, 2016 and say, that was the day. That was the moment. That's when everything changed. That's when my life got on the right path. Jesus began to transform that's you this morning. I want you to raise your hand up high. We're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to believe God for a miracle in your life. Yes. 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 Someone else. God's speaking to you. You don't want to miss this moment. This is going to be a milestone moment. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. We're going to pray. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray with me out loud so that your ears can hear it. We're going to confess with our mouth today. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you myself today. I'm asking you to change me from the inside out. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord Jesus. And I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I give you me. I give you me. Change me. Thank you for what you're doing in me right now. Thank you for the change. Thank you for transforming me. I'm going to look back on this day, January 17, 2016, as my milestone moment. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, 
Now let's lift our hands and begin to praise him with our mouths. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for changing us. Thank you for transforming us. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing in us. Hallelujah. Awesome God. I give you myself today, Lord. Now, church, I want you to lift your hands. Pray this with me. Dear Lord, everything I am, I give to you. I'm going to say yes. If you say go deeper, I'm going deeper. Because there's always success where you call. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this milestone moment. I'm stepping in. I'm going out deeper, Lord. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm going to follow what you say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, if you raised your hand and you gave your life to Jesus today, there's a few things you need to do. First of all, tell somebody about it. Tell somebody what God's done in your life. Okay? Tell somebody. And get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have some for you back here. The ushers are going to have them on your way out. Just say to them, hey, I need one of those Bibles. Pick one up. Start reading it. Because God speaks through his word. Okay? Read your Bible. Get involved in a church. This is a good one. But if you don't like this one, find one. Right? Start talking to God. Start talking to him. Let the communication continue. Well, you started today. It's a relationship. A relationship that will last forever. Come on. Hallelujah. 